God bless you everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's so wonderful to be here with you again. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you that every good and every perfect gift comes from you. Lord, speak through my mouth, think through my mind, and let whatever I say today be to your glory and to strengthen your body in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, you know, it was interesting because I thought, what can I actually speak about? I had something to speak about, but after hearing the message um, with uh, Paul's family and David, I thought, God, what do you want us? To, what do you want me to bring today? Something that can encourage us all, actually. And uh, so I think I've brought something that hopefully will encourage us all. And if Mary could put the presentation up for me, and I want to talk today about your namesake, and that's hope. Hope in Christ. I just want to start with 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, and this is from the King James Version. Don't need to put it up, Mary, but I'll just read it. If in this life only we have hope, we are all of men most miserable. Let me just read that again. If in this life only we have hope, we are all of men most miserable. Now I want to just read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed, but those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we are still alive. Who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we will still, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage therefore one another with these words. So the next slide, Mary, please. Yeah. So 1 Corinthians 15 says, if in this life only we had hope, we are all men most miserable. I ask the question, why would we be miserable when we have hope in Christ? It's quite an odd scripture that. If it was only in this life we had hope in Christ, we would be all men, women most miserable. And then it occurred to me, we would be miserable because hope in Christ is not only for this life. Isn't that amazing? Hope in Christ is not only 
for this life. And that's why we as believers have hope. Because it's actually not only for this life. Sometimes we, we, you know, I sometimes think, what would be the point of getting to know Jesus, loving him, believing on him, serving him, and then life ending, and there's nothing? What would be the point? Why would God go to all that trouble in making us, creating us, and then nothing? That's not the God that we serve, is it? Our God that we serve, he's a God of purpose. He's a God of detail. He's a God of strategy. He's a God of expectancy. He's a God of eternal longevity. That's the God that we serve. He's a God that puts things together intricately. He's not a God that will just do something and then that's it. That's not the God that we serve. He doesn't have that in his DNA. So hope is not just limited to the here and now. It's not just, if you think of time, time is like the sandwich between eternity. It's like the meat between eternity, eternity one side being the bread and eternity on the other side being the other slice of the bread. And in the middle, it's time. Time is the meat. So hope is not limited to just time. Isn't that amazing? It's not only limited to just this life because the word means future expectancy. It means fulfillment. It's the foundations of believing in something that we cannot see. If it was only in this life we had hope, we, and in Christ we would be men and women most miserable. But God is saying there's a future and there's a hope and there's fulfillment. You know, Sometimes we, we, we think to ourselves, how many of us sometimes feel fulfilled? How many of us sometimes feel as if, yeah, we've reached the full potential. We've reached all the things that God has got for us. We do to a certain extent, but yet there's still more to come. God has given us hope, people of God. God has given us hope. So in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4 verse 13 just verse 13 it says brothers and sisters we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope this is so interesting in, in some versions it says brothers and sisters we do not want you to be ignorant what Paul is saying here don't be uninformed. Sadly, we're living in a time that sometimes, you know, it was good hearing that uh, old time song again. Because sometimes we're living in a time, and even in our churches, and, that, and it's fine because I, I'm one of those who like to speak about empowering the people of God and, you know, rising up as warriors, etc. You know, I'm usually one of those who will speak about that. But 
you know, there are times when we've got to speak about sin, we've got to speak about death, we've got to speak about hell, and we've got to speak about forgiveness. Because all these are the fundamental things that are part and parcel of the gospel. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to save us from sin. Jesus came to save us from death. He came to save us from hell. He came for us to have eternal life. Sometimes those fundamental things we don't really like to talk about, they make us feel uncomfortable. You know, it's interesting because my mum is um, 89 and she's been in hospital for the past two, uh, two months, three months or so. And um, one thing came to me in September when we actually thought she was going to die was, um, Audrey, it's time for you to support your mum to transition into eternal life. And it came to me that actually that's what, that's what this time is now. It's time to, trans to help mum transition. So make her life as comfortable as possible. Because that's, where, that's the next step for her. And it, it was a reality that sometimes you don't want to face. But we had to start facing it. Because it was that time. We knew, we know, we know that you know, her life is coming to an end. So make it as comfortable as possible. So all the things that are part and parcel of the gospel, do not be uninformed. Inform yourself. Get in the know. Know what it's about. Know why we have this hope. No. Do not be uninformed. See the bigger picture. Someone spoke about the bigger picture. Not, we don't, want to know half the truth we need to know the whole truth sometimes talking about death and hell and stuff it's not about legalism some people do go into legalism with that that's not what we want to talk about we don't want to be the prophet of doom i definitely want to be the prophet of gloom but why we should not be uninformed about those who sleep paul is encouraging us the next slide, to be informed. Get in the know. Why, why, why do we have to get to know? Because he wants to ensure us that as we grieve, it's not like the rest of mankind that has no hope. Isn't that amazing? As we grieve, it's not like the rest of mankind that has no hope. The difference between believers and the rest of mankind is that we know Jesus. We know Jesus. He has given us a hope that is far above any other hope. We know Jesus. Next slide, please, Mary. We are not exempt from grieving. In fact, grieving is a very natural and normal response to loss. And we are encouraged to grieve. We are encouraged. You will, you will experience all the emotions of grief. Shock, denial, disbelief, anger, depression, adjusting, 
but there will come a time of acceptance. So we're not exempt from it. Grieving allows us to free up energy which is bound to the lost person or thing or situation so that at some stage we can reinvest that energy somewhere else. Until we grieve effectively, we are likely to find reinvesting difficult. A part of us re will remain tied in the past. I'm sure you know some of those people. I work with whistleblowers. That's my part of my role. I support them because of some of the trauma that they've gone through. Some of the, they've lost their jobs or they've never... Um, resolve the issue at work, they whistle blue and they suffer detriment and it has a psychological effect on them. And I work with them and some of these things happened years ago but they're still stuck in the past. They still want justice. They still want to tell the case. And they have to do that, I know, but sometimes you've got to move them forward and get to that stage that they can come out of their depression and into a, an area of acceptance. Grieving is not about forgetting. It's not about forgetting. Healthy grieving results in an ability to remember the importance of our loss, but with a newfound sense of peace. No two people will experience grief in the same way. Some may get over it sooner than the others. As I said, we may experience our, our shock may be longer, our denial may be longer than others, our disbelief and anger may be longer, depression may be longer, but praise God, we hope that they'll come to acceptance. So this is, what, this is what sometimes we may go through. Paul admonishes us that, you know, you're not exempt from it. But we don't have to be like the rest of mankind. This is where our hope lies. In 1 Thessalonians 13, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not certainly precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together within the clouds, and the Lord in the air. And so will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Next slide, Mary. That's what it's telling us. Encourage one another with these words. We come today, I come today, to grieve with you. To be a family with you. To know that we are the body. 
to know that what you feel, I feel. We've all gone through COVID. We've all gone through the pandemic and the loss, etc. So, you know, there's something about being together at this time and holding each other up and just whatever it may be, a telephone call, whatever. We need to encourage one another with these words because at times we need that encouragement. When you're under the heavy weight of so many things going on in our lives, we need that encouragement. So encourage one another with these words. Many scriptures in the Bible speak about hope. Job speaks in Job 13, though he slays me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. In Psalms 25, it says, we know, when no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. No one will ever be put to shame who hopes in Jesus. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without a cause. David also says in Psalms 42, my, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. And also in Psalms it says, he, the Lord, delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Saints of God, we have the hope in Jesus. We have the hope in Jesus. Let's remind ourselves of that. There's a song that says, abide with me in life, in death. Abide with me. And then I go to 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 58. You can put that up, Mary. And this says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall, be all, shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible, in other words, that which decays, shall have put on incorruption, in other words, that which does not decay, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death. Where is thy sting? Where is thy poison? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Isn't it interesting? I tend to think, if death has such a sting for those in Christ, can you imagine what the sting must feel like for those who have no hope? Can you imagine? 
can you imagine? If it has such a sting for those of us, but because Jesus Christ has overcome death and hell, that's why we can sit here today. That's why we want to come and sit and join and worship and bless him. That's why that even in times like these, we can say, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory over and over again. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast. That's what I want to encourage each and every one of us today. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why do we have to abound in the work of the Lord? When we started to sing that song of worship before, you noticed, I noticed how the worship changed and it went on to God. We started to sing that started to have all our focus on God. When we start to put all our focus on God and not on ourselves, then things change. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Saints of God, just in conclusion to all this, we have a work that we can still go on doing. You know, God is still calling us to build his temple. God is still calling us to praise his holy name. God is still calling us to still be witnesses for him. Still tell others that they have a hope or they can have a hope. God is still calling us to say, if it was only in this life in Christ you have hope, you're going to continue to be men and women most miserable. But God is saying, no, I've come that you not only have hope in this life, but you have hope in the life to come. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Even those that you've been praying for, family members, etc. Be encouraged. That's why we're here. Let us not forget those things. Sometimes we, as Christians, sometimes we sort of go on and go on and it's not become important. It, we're desensitised to people not knowing the Lord. But I want to encourage you that our hope is built on Jesus and today we can hope. I want to encourage Paul and the family that we stand with you, Paul. We stand with you, Florence. We stand with you, Mary. We stand with you, Simon. We stand with you. Jesus is still our hope. And I just want to finish by singing this song. And maybe the worship team can just come and help. And um, I just want to sing, um, my hope is built on nothing else.
I think that's what I meant to say.
And thank you for your time.